0: Hello, Bright Minds, and welcome to an impromptu and somewhat experimental episode of Comeback Coach, the podcast for people returning to work after a break. I'm Jessica Chivers, a coaching psychologist, author, founder of the Talent Keeper Specialists and developer of the Comeback Community Employee Experience, of which this podcast is a part. I started to write this fortnight's edition of Care Mail, that's our newsletter for people returning to work and looking for support for that transition and career development beyond their break about the happiness and opportunity that can be found in rejection and I thought I wonder if I might turn this into an episode of the podcast so here I am experimenting in what I'm calling a just jessica episode no guests just me and if you listen all the way through and like it please let me know and maybe I'll do some more if you're on instagram an easy way to tell me what you think is via a direct message and you'll find me at comeback.com uk Okay, so here's what I wanted to talk about. Well, the idea of learning a TED Talk off by heart makes me feel like dark grey lead. And when I learned I hadn't made it into the final 12 of the inaugural TEDx in Albans, I'm not going to lie, I felt utter relief A lightness came over me and a sense of satisfaction that I didn't have to do it. I think there was some self-sabotage at play because I didn't prepare properly for the final round interview but ultimately I was off the hook and free to focus on something else that I needed and wanted to do. I've worked with many coaches over the years who endeavour to put energy into something their heart isn't in and what I've seen is if you do that for long enough it almost always leads to health issues. It can lead to a loss of confidence, significant unhappiness and resentment. Earlier this year two women, a local friend and someone who used to work for me, told me TEDx was coming to town and that I should apply. The theme is connection and how could I not put my name forward when connection is one of the three pillars at the heart of the Come Back Community employee experience, something that I've laboured over lovingly for the past five years. This would be my opportunity to tell the world about the work we do with people coming back to work after a break. Some serious business exposure via a prestigious platform, how could I say no? Being able to say I've done a TED Talk has been at the back of my mind as a goal for many years being able to say I've done a TED Talk is not the same as wanting to do a TED Talk. So let me explain. I've always struggled to retain information. I underperformed in my GCSEs and A-levels and deliberately chose my degree course because it was assessed by means other than end of year exams. I graduated with a first and I came second out of nearly 200 students, an achievement that feels Really quite at odds with getting BBC at A level. I've always found revision extremely boring and rote learning nigh on impossible. And when my husband and I walked the southwest coast path for three days to mark our 10th wedding anniversary, we decided to learn a poem off by heart as we walked. And to Nick's astonishment and amusement, I just couldn't seem to do it. I can't even remember the name of the poem. It didn't occur to me back in 2014 whilst I was walking that rugged North Cornish coastline that I might have ADHD. Poor memory for things I perceive don't matter and boredom with exam revision and not in themselves alarm bells for ADHD. But I'll say more about how I came to be on the road to assessment for ADHD at the end of this episode but for now a self-reflection question for you. What are you repeatedly asking yourself to do? that is draining you and what's the opportunity cost of doing that thing or those things? You might want to pause the episode at this point and and think about those things, maybe write your thoughts down or maybe just write the questions down to come back to uh, another time. This inability to learn a poem or a talk is why I don't sell myself as a speaker. I have ideas and insights in the world of psychology that I know will fascinate and make a positive difference to your life. But unless you're happy for me to stand at a podium and read my script, I'm afraid I just can't do it. The showwoman in me loves the idea of strutting across a stage with a head mic, broadcasting my thoughts to a massive audience. But without my notes, I'd fall apart. What I've learned is I'm far better responding in the moment two questions people put to me. I've got a fast brain. I'm able to think on my feet and come up with something smart and useful in an instant. And that's a superpower I've realised. That's why I love being on panels and chairing them. Another self-reflection question for you. What piece of self-knowledge are you repeatedly ignoring? What piece of self-knowledge are you repeatedly ignoring? And you might be ignoring that self-knowledge because it doesn't fit with the schema of who you think you are or how you want people to see you. Or there might be another reason going on, but I think if we can be really honest with ourselves about who we are, what we are, what we value, what we're good at, life can only get better. I was conflicted all the way through the TED application process I didn't want to do it, but I couldn't justify not doing it. I tell myself to detach Jessica the person from Jessica the role holder, CEO of the Talent Keep Specialists. You know, doing a TED talk is exactly the sort of thing a person who has business development and figurehead in their role profile. It's what that person should be doing and it's on your doorstep. It was those thoughts that were going through my head and ultimately the reason why I put myself forward. Jessica the person is is very self-aware, she introspects a lot and she knows her strengths. She knows the toll trying to learn a script off by heart would take on her and she didn't think it was worth it. Here's some of what was going on in my head. So Jessica the CEO was saying things like, well, forget whether this feels comfortable and whether you want to do it, this is exactly the sort of thing the CEO of the Talent Keeper Specialists should be doing. Being on stage, owning the subject, getting us out there, inviting clients to be in the audience. To which Jessica, the person replies, but you know that learning things off by heart is not your forte. You'll struggle and struggle and it will take you so much longer than anyone else who's put themselves forward. It's just not worth the time and distraction, especially when you've already said you need to focus on your chartership this year and next. To which Jessica, the CEO says, Struggle makes you stronger. See this as personal growth as well as being good for business. You'll kick yourself if you don't have a go. If you temporarily appointed someone else as CEO, you'd be telling her to do it. This is not about you, Jessica. This is about business and it's the right thing to do. You'll find a way to fit in your chartership research as well as prepare for TED. I think you're just using the chartership as an excuse to get you off the hook because it feels uncomfortable to which Jessica the person says, look, I think we both know fitting in chartership research and TED prep alongside everything else is not possible. The chartership came along first and that got derailed last year because of Artemis and it's only right you prioritise it now before the accelerated route closes. I am not making excuses. And Jessica the CEO replies, Well, you know that if you go through this process, you'll finally put to bed this notion that you can't be a speaker. You'll nail how to learn something by rote and you'll have another string to your bow for business. Well, anyway, Jessica, the CEO, won. I put the application in and got down to the final 28. 180 applied and I was flattered. Before going to the final selection interview, I listened to episode 18.7 of Viv Grosskop's enlightening public speaking podcast, How to Own the Room, with the uh, founder of, or co-founder, of the Women's Equality Party, Catherine Mayer. And what she had to say on that episode about TED Talks made Jessica the person feel vindicated and the rejection that followed completely okay. She basically talked about how she'd done several TED Talks and how she'd really disliked every single one, because of the straight jacket that doing a TED Talk puts you into. You have to be word perfect and second perfect. And she said it made her feel completely inauthentic because she wants to be able to think as she speaks and respond in that moment to what she might see or hear in the audience. And I thought, God, that is exactly how I feel. So she made me feel great. Now, with the relief of rejection came a renewed commitment to getting on with my research project for my chartership. I'd begun in February 2022 but made the decision to pause when things in my personal life took an unpleasant and unexpected turn. Something I talked about in episode 52 of Comeback Coach. I think it was 52 anyway. It's the one with Emmy Faust. And I wonder if you've experienced a sense of relief about not being successful about not getting that job for example. I think the thoughts and emotions that accompany rejection can give us insight into what we truly value and what we really desire Ultimately, I know that getting the chartership is more valuable to me than doing the TEDx talk, especially in the newfound knowledge that my talk may never make it onto the, the TED platform. Thanks, Catherine, for that. That was something else I learned on that podcast episode of How to Own the Room is that TED chooses, and they're very choosy and only a few go up. So, you know, the idea of avoiding all that stress, not to mention the countless hours and masses of headspace that would have been used up Over delivering a 10 minute talk that may only be heard by probably 150 people maximum makes me feel amazing. So that brings me to another self reflection question for you. When you think about the time that you have, let's say at work, this is a podcast after all that's mainly about work and career. When you think about where you're spending your time, where would your time be better spent? What are you doing that you think? why am I doing this? Where would you redirect it? So let me end then by just sharing a little bit about how I came to be on the road to an ADHD assessment and also give you a a great podcast recommendation as well. So I wonder if I have ADHD was a comment, was was a question I put out there that I made without much commitment behind it, back in 2020, to a wonderful lady from Hertfordshire County Council who was working to improve things for my son um, at school. She's an autism specialist and she quickly swept the notion of me and ADHD to one side, something that I was happy to go along with because how could I have ADHD when I am so unbelievably organised? I now know so much more about ADHD and how me being organised, planful and delivering what I say I will, when I will, does not preclude me having ADHD. A year later, one of my now colleagues said she thought it might be a possibility that I have ADHD, and that jogged my memory about a screening test called the QB check. This is a very boring 20-minute computer-based assessment that tracks attention, impulsiveness and inattention that my son did uh, a few years ago when he was diagnosed with ADHD. And fast forward six months to February 2022 and I was doing the QB check and talking to the administrator, psychologist Pippa Simu, about when I'm at my best and when I struggle. And the long and the short of it is that from that conversation, through that screening, the QB check, I have a very high ADHD symptomology score. And because I haven't felt like I'm suffering in any way, I didn't think I'd ever go down the full assessment route for ADHD. But I've since changed my mind and I'm booked for a full assessment later this year. I've been listening to Kate More Youssef's podcast, the ADHD Women's Wellbeing podcast, and I'm absolutely loving it. It's aimed at women who were diagnosed late with ADHD. And I find myself wanting to write a new rave review on Apple Podcasts every time I listen. It was listening to episode 68 with lawyer Jodie Hill that was a turning point for me, my thinking about assessment, as almost everything she said left me thinking, snap, snap, same, same. I know exactly what you're saying there. Now, I'm conscious that this podcast is for people coming back to work after a break, and I do feel a bit odd taking up so much airspace talking about ADHD. However, if you have an interest in any of what I've shared, please feel free to be in touch. Right. That's me finished with this Just Jessica episode reflecting on something that's been occupying my mind that I thought could have some use to you as well. I hope you got something from it and if you did please come and tell me because this is new and if you like it it will be good to know so I'll do more of it and brains like mine run on positive feedback. Until next time, stay bright.